Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. As you can see, I am not in my office today. I am in back in my living room, or at least a kind of a portion of my living room. I'd like to show you someday how our house is uh, just position how everything's positioned. But uh, anyway, here I am. I've got my coffee mug of the day. It's my New Mexico mug. I've been uh, showing you some coffee mugs at church. I've got some of my mugs at church, some of my mugs at home. And honestly, I've got too, too many coffee mugs. So that's my New Mexico one. And we are in Second Peter chapter number two today. So looking forward to a brand new chapter. Uh, this book is going to be over before it began because we only have three chapters. Chapter two is probably the, the least known of the three. Chapter one is very familiar because of the these things that we've talked about. And then chapter number three, uh, some very familiar verses. Chapter two, though, we're going to get into some, um, some deeper things, I think, that will help us. Uh, we've got to take it methodically, and I hope you'll just, just stay along for the ride. Second Peter chapter 2, and we are in verse number 1. So let me read a couple of verses, and then we'll jump right into it. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, But there were false prophets also among the people. So always important when we begin a new chapter to see what, if any, is the connectivity to the last chapter. Remember that when the Bible was, was given, there were no chapter and verse divisions. Now, I'm glad that they're there. They're good reference points, but they're not inspired. So when we think about what we've been talking about, remember, remember the Word of God. And no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. A holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's the way we ended last podcast. And then the Bible begins chapter 2 and verse 1 with the word but. Uh, and, but, or, nor, for, yet. Those are what we call coordinating conjunctions. So they show you the connection between this thought, how it coordinates with what has been said. So in chapter one, holy men of God spake. These honorable and honest prophets, communicators of God's word in the Old Testament. But, see that? Chapter two and verse one. But there were false prophets also among the people. So at the same time that God was communicating, at the same time when God was giving his word through men like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Habakkuk and Micah and Malachi and Zechariah and Elijah and others, as God was giving his word through those prophets, uh, the devil was up to his tricks as well. And there were false prophets among the people. I think about uh, the story of Ahab, and how that he wanted to go to Ramoth Gilead. And he called the prophets of the Lord to come and give a word from God. And remember, 400 prophets all gave him a word from God. <laughs> the problem was, it wasn't a word from God. They were just making it up. They were false prophets who were simply looking for what they could gain from Ahab. They were being paid by the state. Uh, they had 
uh, no doubt cushy, cozy, comfy jobs because uh, they were in Ahab's employ. And as long as they told Ahab what Ahab wanted to hear, uh, they did well. And remember, Jehoshaphat smelled that rat. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not yet a prophet of the Lord besides? And Ahab said, well, yeah, there's this one guy whose name is Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but I hate him for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. So every generation deals with this. And in the Old Testament, they dealt with this as well. Those that were faithfully communicating God's word, representing God to man, that would be a prophet. And then those that were unfaithfully representing God, uh, false prophets. And the sign of a false prophet, according to Moses, was that he would prophesy something that would not come true. So the sign of a true prophet was accuracy. So the Bible says there were false prophets also among the people. But then watch what Peter adds. This is so important. Even as there shall be false teachers among you. Interesting. So Peter was saying, just as there were false prophets in the Old Testament, so the New Testament church will have false teachers among you. So one of the greatest dangers we face is when we are, when we have trouble from within. Remember, Paul said that exact same thing in Acts chapter 20. He was meeting with the Ephesian elders. He says, I know, I know that after my departure, grievous wolves shall come in among you and they're not going to spare the flock. So just as Paul warned the Ephesian elders, Peter is warning his audience. Uh, even Paul warned uh, Titus and Timothy. Remember in chapter one of First uh, Timothy, he said, hey, Timothy, deal with these false teachers. And in some cases, you're going to have to kick them out. People like Hymenaeus and Alexander in 2 Timothy chapter 1 or Alexander uh, there in 1 Timothy chapter 1. It's the same old, same old. And the last chapter of Paul's life, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he talks about uh, the, the false teachers, the false prophets uh, that will have itching ears and turn away their ears from the truth. It, this has been a problem for all of the Bible. Truth and error. And Peter is again reminding his audience of it. Now look at verse number two, where it says about these false teachers that many shall, well, let's finish verse one, I should say, that these false teachers shall be among you who privily, or we would say today privately or secretly, uh, the Bible says, shall bring in damnable heresies. Wow, what language. False doctrines. And the Bible says, and they, they will even deny the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So ultimately, a false teacher faces God's judgment. Ultimately, a false teacher will answer for the way that he has unfaithfully propagated his errors. But the Bible uses several terms to describe them. First of all, damnable heresies. This reminds me of what Paul said to the Galatians when he said, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's damned to hell. 
Now that's that's strong language, but think about it. If somebody is is taking the word of God and 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 changing it or taking the message of Christ or the the authenticity of the gospel and and changing it, think about how destructive that is. It's like taking a cup of pure water and putting a little bit of poison in it. And now it's affected the entire mixture. That's what Paul was talking about. That's what Peter's talking about here, that God holds teachers who would deign to take the word of God and teach it to a much higher standard than just the average lay person. Why? Because they're influencing others. That's why James said, be not many masters. Uh, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, the more weighty judgment is what that means. And the Bible says that these false teachers are knowingly, they are knowingly uh, spilling out their false doctrine. They're even denying the Lord that bought them. What a statement. I love that verse because it helps me to understand that the scope of God's atonement through Christ is unlimited. Jesus died for all. He, he bought them in the sense that he, there's potential salvation for all people, even these false teachers, but they're denying the Lord that bought them. How sad that they're making this choice, willful choice to reject the Christ that that did everything that they needed for their salvation and yet rejected it. Why? Because they want the, the glory of uh, their boasting. They want a salvation by works. They want, uh, they want a message that, that gives them glory. And that's their motivation, as we shall see in verse number two, where it says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth is spoken of. These are going to be popular teachers. Uh, these are going to be teachers that have large audience uh, audiences and fill auditoriums. And uh, many people will be swayed by them because of their winsome words and uh, the way that they say things. Uh, they're going to be, it's going to be a personality thing. Many shall follow their teachings because of who is giving the teaching. Uh, the reason of whom is speaking these words. And boy, do we see that today. We see that today in churches. We see that today in coliseums. We see that today in youth meetings and alleged revival services. Boy, we've got to be so careful to make sure that our criterion, the main criterion by which we are assessing the value of a teacher is not personality. It's not uh, his uh, powerful preaching. It's not his ability to wow an audience or how big his church is or how uh, uh, swelling the crowds may be. No, it is, is he faithful to truth? Is he faithfully proclaiming the word of God? Because just as there were false prophets, there shall be false teachers. Now we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow about their motives. And I think motive matters. We're going to see that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate uh, your faithfulness to the Lord and to his word. Pray that you have a great day today in the Lord. And we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.